This is The Rooted Podcast, a conversation about the Christian worldview and its implications for every part of life. The Rooted Podcast is hosted by Steve Royce and Brady Johnson. Together, they have over two decades of experience in the business and tech industries and share a desire to help others filter all of life through the Christian faith. And thanks for listening to the Rooted Podcast. I'm Steve. And I'm Brady. And on this episode, we're going to be just tying off on the uh, free will and a couple other topics. Yeah, putting a nice little bow on season three, dude. I can't believe it. It's crazy. Yeah. Trucking along. Been doing this now, what, almost a year and a half. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, I think, what, with Fruit Snacks, you've got 224 episodes, 25? 220s, we're somewhere in the 220s, yeah. And then this is our 28th Rooted. Yeah. So hopefully you guys have been enjoying the content and enjoying our conversations and uh, really enjoying Steve's uh, Fruit Snacks. Well, there, hopefully there's something that you can find that is interesting to you uh, in the midst of all the all the content that's out there. I'm not sure that all of it's for everyone. So, I mean, like some of this free will stuff that we've been covering is a little more on the technical side. And I, I generally try to stay away from stuff that's overly technical. Uh, but with, with this, it just gets a little in the weeds and that's okay every once in a while. Cause I know that there are listeners who like me enjoy some of the more academic type stuff, but I don't want to live there. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, we also have some super practical stuff like this season. We've, we've kind of run the gamut, everything from human evil and depravity all the way to some really in-depth look at biblical theology on certain topics. And then now we're into some of the more esoteric kind of theoretical yeah. stuff that it's all interesting to me. I just think it's fascinating to think about what heaven's going to be like yeah. based on what we know in the Bible and, and, you know, just ideas that we can sort of piece together. We're just filling in gaps is basically what it is. So like I've said before, with some of this, some of this stuff on heaven, it's, it's the kind of doctrine or theology that you hold with an open hand. Yeah. It's like, I could, I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm going to do my best to try and get it as right as I can mm-hmm. because I want to be as right about God as I can be. But ultimately, we'll never know everything there is to know. And so you you do the due diligence and you hold it loosely and spend a lot of time praying about it and you read and study and meditate and yeah. then... In a few years, you find out something new and then you shift. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of how it goes sometimes, but yeah. no, it's, I, I think it's, it's been a wide array of topics it this, really has. this season. You know, and you kind of mentioned you kind of gradually got into this kind of more scholarly section of, of content where, you know, you're, you're leaning more into where, you know, scholars are having more of their debates. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think it can be a little intimidating for, especially for someone like myself being, I think less than educated on a lot of these topics, you know, and it's one of those things where, 
you know, having things like the fruit snacks to, to really dig into some of these smaller topics and, and like you say, bite off the, the, the really easy consumable bits and then let those digest. And then that can ask for some more questions. And, um, but one thing that really stood out to me was in this last uh, week of fruit snacks, you mentioned, you know, some of these other examples of, of articles and some of these other scholars who have kind of put some stuff out there where they start maybe with some scripture, but then they very quickly drop off of talking it from a, a scripture's perspective. And now they're kind of in their own mindset and their own theories. And uh, I think it just solidifies just the, that importance of maintaining in scripture and looking at these things, you know, from a b- biblical lens and making sure that you're not, you know, putting something in there that's not actually there. Yeah. That was honestly one of the most shocking aspects of doing my research for my thesis Yeah, is first of all, it's really hard to track down scholarly articles about free will in heaven. Yeah. That's such a niche topic, Yeah, but it also is one of those things that, yeah, as I got into it and I just started reading and then it kind of dawned on me, I'm like, wait, no one is using the Bible to yeah. support what they're they're arguing for and to me that was just mind-blowing it's like what a incredible oversight Mm -hmm. to to forget to bring scripture into it and like i think i said in my i definitely said it in my thesis but i think i even mentioned in one of the fruit snacks is like our you know our theology can make all the sense in the world and it can answer all the questions and it can be all tied up in a nice, neat little bow. Mm -hmm. But if we forget to ask the question of like, but is it biblical? If it turns out that our theology, you know, crosses all the T's and dots, all the I's, but it's unbiblical, Mm -hmm. then who cares? Right? Like throw it out. It doesn't matter how, how much good it does for our systematic theology. If our systematic theology happens to be wrong. And so it was, it was really important to me as I dove in to go, listen, I have my ideas about what I think makes sense, but I better be able to ground it somewhere in scripture. Right. I better be able to find, and I don't mean find like I'm proof texting, but I mean, I better be able to see these ideas and these themes played out in scripture and this conclusion better flow out of scriptural support rather than coming to a conclusion and then trying to find a verse or two Mm -hmm. to just sort of prop up and and proof text my way into Mm -hmm. it if i even care to do that because some of these articles they don't even they don't even make the attempt to find a proof text verse right and so that's where over the last couple years especially as i've read more and studied more i've started to take less of a systematic theology approach to the Bible. And I've started to take more of a, how would I put this more of a meta narrative approach to the Bible to just say like, there are big ideas and key themes Mm -hmm. that you find in scripture that get echoed again and again and again throughout Mm -hmm. stories in the Bible. And part of that has to do with the, original audience of scripture Mm -hmm. and sort of thinking more like them and valuing the kind of role that scripture played in their lives more than Mm -hmm. how we sort of treat it. 
it was not intended to be a treatise, a, a treatise or a textbook. Mm-hmm. It was intended to be a meta narrative yeah. about the the world and how it came to be, who we are in it, how we came to be estranged from God, and what God intends to do about it to redeem us and bring us back to Him. Mm-hmm. It, it's about that, and so if we're not, it, so when we examine Scripture and we look at passages of Scripture, like there for the. The, the the two examples that I gave of how it seems like this in this has something to do with the kind of knowledge that God has I'm basing that not on a a verse or two but more on we see this whole story and based on what we're reading here what kind of being does God seem to be mm-hmm. what kind of person does it seem like he is? based on the characteristics that he's given and some of the things he says and things like that. And we're taking more of a, I don't know, a holistic approach to looking at scripture instead of just finding, let's find the verse, you know, that teaches this, this one thing that we believe. Mm -hmm. It's more about like, let's get to, let's get to know this God Mm -hmm. and who he is and who he's revealed himself to be and what he seems to be like and then we can draw conclusions from that mm-hmm. about what he cares about and what he values and yeah. what he wants in the world and sort of what is in, implied by that. And that's mm-hmm. where you get into stuff like this free will in heaven. It's like, this is all implication, mm-hmm. right? We don't have verses on exactly what it's going to be like, because I think part of it is we'll, we'll, We'll get there when we get yeah. there, you know, the God will, get there. we'll, we'll find out yeah. when it's time to know, right? And right now that's not the time to care about that or, or for that to be super important. But it reminds me tonight I was at, we were at church and uh, shout out to Mike Tertorici cause he asked me this question about what, what it is. So, so if let's just say we have free will in heaven and, you know, all the, all this stuff that I've been talking about kind of the, so what, so what, right? Like what, what will we do with that? So yeah. we have free will. Great. What are we going to do with it forever? And he and I had a chat about just, again, it's, this is its implication and it's a little bit of conjecture, but we do know again, piecing together from the narrative of scripture that originally God created mankind to rule and reign over creation. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have to do that, but that is who God is. God desires to participate with his creatures in his creation, not because God gets anything out of it, but because it's good for us. Mm -hmm. And God, I think, enjoys uh, giving his creatures good gifts. Mm And so we were created and designed and intended by God to rule and reign over creation. And we instead chose to rebel and creation creation has fallen into a ruined state as, as Paul talks about in Romans. That doesn't mean that it's completely ruined, but that it's not, it's not the thing that God originally intended for it to be. Right. But that one day, God is going to restore creation. He's actually going to create new again. He's going to create anew. And based on passages like 1 Corinthians 3 
based on the things like the parable of the talents, and I think it's Matthew 25, that the New Testament very strongly, and, and even in the Old Testament, very strongly uh, pulls us toward this idea that God's ultimate goal is to restore uh, humanity back to that, that that plan A is still in effect. Mm-hmm. It's just that we have this whole arc of of salvation and redemption mm-hmm. that happens in between, but that we are going to get back to a time where God creates again and we again are put over it to subdue it and to exercise dominion over it. God is still intending for us to, as humanity, to rule and reign over his creation. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to get back to that, except it'll be better than Mm -hmm. Eden because it'll be forever. And because as the redeemed, again, I will never, ever fall. So we don't, we won't need to we won't need to deal with that. We already know what we need to know to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And um, what we'll be doing is what Adam was intended to do right from the start, which is to rule and reign over creation. So imagine that, you know, like, what are we going to do? Well, imagine that God gives you a planet mm-hmm. and says, this is yours. Figure it out. Enjoy it. I don't know what that means. I just, I, I don't know if that means that we're going to be able to build things. I don't know if that means that we're going to be able to, I mean, construct things or organize things or administrate over things or even, even with animal uh, husbandry and things like that. Like who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, all I know is it's going to be amazing. And also that this is the kind of work that like is going to, require it's going to be work that's bigger than one human lifetime right you know we're going to have tasks set before us that that you know what if what if you had a job to do but you're like man this would take hundreds of years Mm -hmm. well guess what you got the time you've got hundreds of years (laughs) and then some and you know and so you'll have the time to really do meaningful significant uh, work and, and accomplishments on a scale that no person could ever enjoy before because mm-hmm. you get old, you wear out, you die, and mm-hmm. that's not going to be a, an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, I, I can't say specifically because scripture is pretty silent on that. I mm-hmm. just know that we're going to be, we're going to get to fulfill the original intention that God always had for humanity, which is to rule and reign over the creation that he made and he's going to hand it to us and say do it yeah which is really it's it's going to be amazing yeah it's going to be amazing yeah it's interesting i mean the bible does you know mention that we will be working Mm -hmm. but you know i think aside from that you know you have revelation you see john is able to see the worship that's there worship is you know front and center so yeah obviously we know we'll be working we'll be worshiping but other than that, yeah, I mean, other than core worship and, and a little bit of work or I mean, a lot of work. Paul says knows? that we will judge angels. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if that, if that really is referring to a specific task that we will have or more of where we will fit into sort of the hierarchy. We've talked before about this idea of the sons of God and that we will essentially replace those rebellious sons of God mm-hmm. as part of the divine council that we in, in the hierarchy of heaven, we are family. We are mm-hmm. sons and daughters of God. 
which means that in a kingdom sense, sons and daughters, or or if you want to frame it as a different familial relation, we're the bride, Mm -hmm. right? So however you want to sort of conceive of this, we're either the sons and daughters of the king, or you can look at it from the perspective of Jesus is the the king and we are his bride. We're Mm -hmm. essentially the queen of the kingdom. And so it's a co-ruling king and queen together, right? Mm -hmm. The king and his bride ruling uh, together over the kingdom that rightfully belongs to him, but that we have inherited by virtue of the fact that we are so closely related to him that whatever is just like a king and queen, it's like he might be the king, but whatever is his belongs to us because he's he's chosen to 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 take us to himself mm-hmm. as his bride, right? And so there's a there's a there's a co-sharing going on there. And, um, and, and again, that means that, you know, as far as the angels go, like we, again, we outrank them, that Mm -hmm. that's the picture that the new Testament paints that we are family. And so we get access and privileges and responsibilities because it also includes responsibility in a way that your bureaucracy of the kingdom just wouldn't, um, you know, use an ancient, an ancient court as the analog here you have the king well who gets to run the country alongside of him he gives the it's nepotism at its finest right Mm -hmm. he gives the best positions to his his sons his nephews his daughter you know and so on and so forth and the people who are you know uh drawing up the the paperwork so to speak and who are like you wouldn't send your son, you wouldn't send the prince to do that. Mm-hmm. He's not doing the laundry in the castle. Right. That's beneath him, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have other people to do that. And that's sort of the picture that we get is like the work that we're going to be doing is going to be significant. It's going to be meaningful because of who we are in relationship to Christ. And that doesn't mean that there's going to be, you know, any bad job in heaven. I don't think that's the case. It just means that um, we are going to have a specific role to play. Mm -hmm. And that role is relatively high up in the kingdom Mm -hmm. um, because that's, that's the role that God always intended for us to play as, as humanity in, in the kingdom perspective. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. You're right. We've got worship. We've got, um, some sort of hierarchical responsibilities with regard to the kingdom. We've got the actual administration and job of ruling over creation, whatever that means. Right. I don't know exactly what that entails and how that's going to differ from the kind of, I guess, perversion of ruling and reigning over creation that we see today in our world. Right. I mean, like with Adam, he he had dominion over the animal kingdom but now fast forward to today where you would look at something like a factory farm and you'd be Mm -hmm. like well that's dominating over the animal kingdom but in a way that is not the kind of stewardship that Mm -hmm. god originally intended it's a it's a perversion it's a twisting of Mm -hmm what I think God intended stewardship to be. Look at, you know, like there, the the fish of the sea, we rule over them, but now we're fishing out our oceans. Well, again, that's not, it's a, it's a lack of stewardship, you know, where we have orchards and we have 
uh, forests and all this amazing produce in, in, in Eden. And the intent was to spread that everywhere. Except now we've got clear cutting and we've got where so much farming has been done on so land, so much land that it's never been rested. And now the soil is completely depleted and Mm. it's, it's just turned into dust. Right. And so like you can see that everything that we were intended to do with God in partnership with God, when it's done outside of partnership with God, it inevitably becomes twisted and a, and a, it becomes a darkened version of what it was intended to be. Right. Yeah. And that's part of the effect of Mm -hmm. sin in the fall on creation itself. Right. Um, But so again, I, I don't, without being super specific, like I would just look at those kind of examples and say like, what would they look like if they were done perfectly? Mm -hmm. If they were done with the right kind of stewardship, Mm -hmm. if they were done with the care and the, um, frankly, the, the, the fear of God that Mm -hmm. in proper, uh, relationship to God that God, I think intended for all of these things to be done in. And so like for, we know that there will be a marriage supper, a, a marriage feast in heaven. Revelation talks about this. Jesus talked about it in, in the gospels. And so again, seems like we'll be eating in heaven, whether that's going to be a bodily necessity or not, who knows, mm-hmm. but that's going to be a part of it too. So I just, I think everything good about life we're going to experience it's just going to be dialed up to to 11 and mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be pretty rad yeah i mean you said you know it's it's basically you know plan a you know what god intended with adam and eve we just took the scenic route yeah and and yet i like i've talked about on this past week if i'm if i'm right or at least if i'm getting in close if i'm in the ballpark as far as kind of the route that I take on free will and heaven and all that stuff, then this scenic route isn't actually that scenic Mm -hmm. that this is a necessary precursor Mm -hmm. to heaven Mm -hmm. Um, because we can look at examples where God created beings, human and spiritual, and they began in the immediate direct presence of God and they chose to sin and rebel. Mm -hmm. We see this with the devil. We see this with Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like being just being in God's presence as mind blowing as it is to think about. It seems like just being in God's presence isn't actually enough to prevent sin and rebellion, Mm -hmm. which is crazy when you think about it. Like surely that would be enough to just be like, wow, I'm here. Apparently not. I mean, it's not like the devil sinned out of ignorance Mm -hmm. like he chose to rebel knowing exactly who he was rebelling against Mm -hmm. and adam and eve they walked with god in the cool of the day in the garden right like there was a interaction and a relationship there adam talked with god and yet still chose to so being in god's presence isn't in and of itself apparent i guess enough Mm -hmm. which is why i think that the experiential knowledge that we have of just how bad sin and rebellion is against God is actually necessary to being a free creature in heaven and yet never, ever, ever choosing to sin. Because 
we will be, I mean, you could, you could argue, I guess the, the thinking would go like this in heaven, every aspect of who we are as people will be as perfected as it could possibly be. And I don't just mean our character. I mean that even our bodies, even Mm -hmm. our, our cognitive processes, right? You will never be thinking more clearly than you will be in heaven Mm -hmm. because you will, you will not only see things uh, as they truly are, but just your, your, your thought processes will not be impeded by the outside influences, by spiritual evil, by your own fleshly desires and all these other things. So if, if we sort of grant this idea that you will never be thinking more clearly than you will be when you're in heaven, well, rational, clear thinking beings never inflict harm on themselves knowingly. They just don't, right? Because it is objectively against your own best interests Mm -hmm. to harm yourself. And we will understand as clearly as we ever have in heaven that sinning against God, rebelling against God is the ultimate expression of Mm self-harm. And there's no clear thinking being that will Mm self-harm. And so I think, I think if nothing else, that's just kind of part of what it boils down to is, um, that's part of why I think we can be free and yet never sin because we'll see sin for the pencil in the eye that it actually is. And no part of our flesh will still be drawn to it, even Mm -hmm. though we're like, yeah, I know it's bad for me, but I still want to do it. Mm -hmm. That still want to do it part just won't be there. We'll just see it for what it is. It's gross. It's, it's disgusting. And it, and it only hurts me. It doesn't help me or do anything for me. So why would I do that? Yeah. And we'll we'll just I think think as clearly about it as we ever have. And then and then suddenly if that's the case it's like it's kind of easy to see how we could never choose to sin because mm-hmm. why would I do that? Why right. would I choose to do something why would I act so rationally? Yeah, why yeah. would I choose to do something so uh so so self uh detrimental, mm-hmm. right? That's very well put. Just it makes you think. Yeah, I I don't know. And again, this is we're kind of into the theoretical, but I don't know, man. It makes sense. It makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Just I, I've I've probably spent more time thinking about this than the average person. I mean, I did. I wrote a thesis on it, so I I almost definitely have spent more time <laughs> thinking about this than the average person. But I just I mean that to say that that um, I, I'm not sure that heaven is. Like in some ways, yeah, it's going to be so different, Mm -hmm. right? That because look at the world we live in, like heaven will absolutely be different. But in some ways, I think we, we make it out to be much radically, radically more different than the Bible tells us that it will be Mm. like, we're still going to, we'll be in God's presence. We'll have bodies, but there'll be new bodies, uh, you know, resurrected bodies that, never wear out, never, never decay, never get sick, never get tired. Um, we'll be able to do meaningful work that will span lifetimes and that's okay because we have the time Mm -hmm. and we'll be with each other with only people who love God and God himself forever. Like that seems like a pretty rad time to me. Mm -hmm. And 
And honestly, the details at that point, it's like, I don't care. Like, you know, like, um, whatever it is, it's going to be good. And whatever I can come up with and conjure up in my own mind pales in comparison. God is going to outdo my imagination by, you know, 10,000 fold. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't really lose much sleep over, Oh, what if it's like this or whatever? It's like, look, whatever God has up his sleeve for us, it's going to blow our minds. Mm-hmm. We're just going to be, we're going to, first of all, we're going to be thrilled to just be with him. Mm-hmm. Finally, we're going to be thrilled to be with each other and to have kind of, uh, uh, I mean, think about how, think about the quality of fellowship that we will have with one another when all the stuff that sort of impedes that or, or works against the, that kind of fellowship in the church today is just gone. Yeah. The, the the petty sin issues that we deal with, the misunderstandings and miscommunications, even just the even when we are really good friends with people, just the tiredness, the sickness, the other mm-hmm. stuff that sort of keeps us away from each yeah. other. It's all it's just not a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so much to look forward to. And uh, I think it's just neat to think about. I think thinking about heaven should cause us to desire it. It should cause us to pray for the Lord to return. It should cause us to worship and to just be amazed at how, you know, only God in in his wisdom could, could conceive of a plan like this, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that comes full circle and you get to the end. And this is what I meant like weeks ago when we talked about sovereignty. Yeah. You know, I understand that there are, that there are lots of people out there who understand sovereignty to mean that God just commands it and whatever God commands he gets. And I get that. I understand that model of it. But I look at stuff like this, dude, and I just think to myself, if God is really this wise, if he can if he can hold in his mind every conceivable possibility within every conceivable circumstance and and hold all of that in his mind at one time, as well as what will actually happen out of all of those conceivable circumstances. I mean, you're talking about just an unfathomable amount of variables, right? Mm -hmm. If God holds all that in his mind, like it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. And then is able to, is able to construct the universe in such a way where he turns all these free creatures loose knowing exactly how they're going to go astray and how they're going to rebel and do all these things. And yet it all, all the lines end up converging at exactly the point he desires anyway. That's, that's a level of sovereignty that I don't think we can even begin to comprehend. Right. And to me, that is, I think the only proper response to that kind of, uh, uh, a being is just worship yeah. and awe. You know, like it's one thing to say, I'm bigger than you and I'm more powerful than you and therefore I'm going to get my way. And God could do that. Mm-hmm. But this, this is on a whole other, I mean, not even a whole other level. You're l- levels and levels and levels mm-hmm. above in terms of the wisdom and the just the creativity and the imagination of God to just go, man, if this is how he conceived of all this and he's so sovereign that he can say do whatever you want and it still ends up where he i mean Mm -hmm. that's that's just mind-boggling and i'm just like man 
we should all just fall to our knees and worship <laughs> if if that's true. And I, I think that's where, you know, I know that there's, there are, there are, have been those out there who have accused the position that I hold of um, somehow diminishing the sovereignty of God or making it more about us, you know, kind of taking God out of the driver's seat and putting people in the driver's seat because we're the ones with the free choices. But again, if I, I would just go back to what we were just talking about now, like this idea of sovereignty to me, it's like, no, it, it only magnifies my, my view of God is only bigger because of this view. Like I, I don't, it, it has in no way cheapened or diminished my view of God's wisdom, his sovereignty. If anything, it's just, you know, cranked it up to 11. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing to think about just some of these things. And I think that's where theology can be really helpful to our worship. And this is where the head and the heart, I think, are designed to come together is that, you know, I know that it can be hard sometimes to think about heady stuff like this. But if you spend enough time thinking about it, if you spend enough time meditating on what it really would mean, Mm -hmm. I think it naturally leads you to worship. And this is where the head and the heart are designed to come together to say, like, this isn't just about head knowledge. Like if if I've if God is now bigger in my imagination Uh, because of what I have come to believe about who he is, Mm -hmm. and that leads me to worship, then theology has done its job, right? And it's not just head knowledge. It's not just stuffing facts into my head Mm -hmm. or spending my time reading really boring, you know, scholars about stuff. It's like, if it leads us to worship, Mm -hmm. then it's worth it. It's worth thinking about. It's worth spending the time. And I think that's the, that might be the missing Peace. We have a lot of people in the world today who desire to worship God with every fiber of their being, but the content of their worship is next next thing to empty, mm-hmm. right? They don't have m- much. And I don't mean they're stupid. I just mean when it comes to their, their theology, mm-hmm. they don't have much in their head to go off of. Mm-hmm. It's all heart. Yeah. And that's not what God intends. And then we have people who there who... Has, are scholars and who spend their whole lives studying and they they've forgotten more mm-hmm. about the Bible than some of us will ever know. Mm-hmm. And yet they don't really believe God doesn't have their heart. Right. That's not the point of theology either. It It's both. Mm-hmm. It's both. And so if, if this season uh, does anything, if these topics, even the nerdy ones do <laughs> anything, I, that would be my hope is yeah. that it would lead people to sort of, have a something of a, a reawakening in mm-hmm. in them to say, I need to study more. Yeah. I, not not just for knowing things, but because the more I know about God and who he is, the more ammunition I have in my in my soul mm-hmm. to lead me to moments of praise and worship and yeah. awe over who God is. Yeah, totally. And when I want to worship, I have a a, a reservoir of actual theology, mm-hmm. not just pithy sayings or, you know, quotes from my favorite uh, flavor of the week YouTuber or mega church pastor or, what, or worship song mm-hmm. that I hear on the radio, but like real deep truth about mm-hmm. who God is that's way more profound than, you know, the latest chorus to the latest song playing on 
on the local Christian radio station. Yeah, so, totally. I, you know, I, I think, I think we can do better. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do better as, as believers. And I think that, you know, studying some of these things is, is one of the ways we can, we yeah. can, we can do it and we can get there. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Well, I think that about wraps us up for, for this season. And uh, if you guys do have any content, any, any questions, anything you want us to go over, um, Steve and I are going to be deliberating over how season four will be kind of structured for the, the two of us. And, uh, hopefully we'll have some bigger, better things for you guys, uh, this upcoming season. Uh, I know I'm excited. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think I mentioned on one of the fruit snacks not that long ago that I think the overall topic is going to be worldviews. Mm, yeah. We're going to be talking about what different belief systems are out there, what they believe, how they answer the big questions of life. And then from more evangelistic perspective, like specifically, how can you, if you know someone who believes mm-hmm. this, like how can you engage them? So what are some questions you can ask to, uh, to maybe find a organic inroad to sharing the gospel with them? So that's something to look forward to how exactly we're going to structure that as Brady said, and, and sort of what order we're going to cover things in and the different worldviews. Um, that's, that's TBD. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be putting some thought into that while I wait for uh, our daughter to, to be delivered here in the next uh, <laughs> few weeks. But uh, that's what's, that's, what's on deck. It'll be something to do with worldviews. And uh, I'm excited. I know you've got, You've got some personal experience with friends, family, people in your life who have different worldviews too, Brady, that I, I think this will be some really good discussion, hopefully very practical discussion for people Absolutely. that they can they can use. Again, not just head knowledge, but something that they can take and then hopefully apply in conversations mm-hmm. with family and friends and and um, get more chances to share the gospel. That's what ultimately it's about is telling more people about Jesus, getting mm-hmm. more people in the family so that they can be there. We can be celebrating with them when we get to this, this, uh, this life to come that we've just been talking about for the last little bit here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and Steve and I have talked about this a little bit, you know, to kind of talk to to y'all as our listeners, but you know, one of the things that I'd like for season four to really bring is more engagement. I know, you know, there's not really a, a simple way from the podcast app you might be using to really engage with us. I know we've plugged some of the social media and, and, and our, our email. Uh, but I really think this topic or these topics that we'll be getting into are going to be conversation starters, but also just things that, you know, having, having, I guess, a direct communication with, with people who are living these experiences or have these very specific examples of, you know, Hey, I know so-and-so this is their worldview here's some questions I've been brought um, that might make for some interesting conversations. So, yeah, we'd love for you uh, to help us to help drive some of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something we are absolutely on board with open to, as always, you can reach us through the website. You can email us at podcast at rooted.productions. You can leave a comment on the website. We are, working to retool the social media stuff that Mm we sort of had to step away from this season. But the intent is to get that uh, back on track, firing on all cylinders at some point. It's just been a, it's been a timing thing. It's been a, frankly, the platforms themselves and some of the tools that we were using just aren't working uh, 
quite the way that they once were. And so that's been an ongoing conversation because we really do want to engage as much as possible. I know that podcasting is listening to podcasts is usually a little bit more of a passive thing, but especially because we want to give you content that's going to help meet you where you're at with whatever your current challenges or or questions are. Um, We don't, we sort of feel our way toward what we think might be that. Mm-hmm. But if you tell us, <laughs> we'll know for sure. Yeah, it's a lot and, less guesswork. <laughs> yeah, a lot less guesswork if you if if someone actually reaches out and tells us. And yeah. so please please do so. Uh, feel free to do that. That's absolutely something that we would uh, we would enjoy and and certainly certainly take into consideration as we as we move into this next season. So wonderful. Well, it's been a, a, a fun season, and uh, if y'all are listening in real time, uh, send out some prayers for for Steve and his family. Yeah, new baby on the way. Yeah, so be an exciting time. We will catch back up with you on season four, uh, so look out for that coming summer of 2021. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on the Rooted Podcast a creation of Rooted Productions and an affiliate of the Oasis Church in Gilbert, Arizona. For more information about the podcast or to submit a question or comment, please visit us at rooted.productions. Follow us on Instagram at rooted.productions or email podcast at rooted.productions. That's rooted.productions. We hope you'll join us next time.